welcome back to the Telecast podcast. Um, today we're just going to try a new segment. It might not be a regular thing. It could be every once in a few weeks, but it's going to be an idea called Save Your Club. So we're just going to be, it's like a director of football's got a role on and off the pitch. How you'd improve the team. How you'd make that push from, say, relegation zone to mid-table security or try to break into the European place or even push on to the league. Today we're going to be starting with Shelburne as the site. So yeah, let's go. Um, so basically, what we're going to be doing is I'm going to be say the rules where Bill and Dave will pitch really towards me, and I'll make the judgment at the end to see who done better or what way I improve it, etc. I'll be the middleman, like the chairman sort of role. Yeah, uh, I'll come in first there, Jack. So basically, I've been tasked with the idea of fixing Shelburne on the pitch. Um, I, I feel as though, like, you, you see regularly on Twitter, on League of Ireland Twitter, you see regularly people like Dan McDonnell and the like saying that, you know, you have to have, you know, the big stadium and you have to have all, all this, you know, Tala Stadium looking great and all this kind of stuff on the telly. And it has to, like, you have, you have to have it looking aesthetically pleasing. But for me personally, I think the, the product on the pitch needs to look more aesthetically pleasing before you can look at the, the facilities and things like that. So what's on the pitch for me is more important. So I'm basically with the idea of having, like bringing in three or four new signings to the Shells team to step them up from that kind of lower mid table where they're safe. Let's be honest, they're not going down in 2022. Um, But... They could push on, sign a couple of new players just to improve them. So I'll start off with, with a defender. Um, and I've cited out um, Shane Elworthy from Longford. Uh, I've kind of rated the, the, the first division a bit with these. So the idea behind bringing in Shane Elworthy is, first of all, he has Premier Division experience with Rotter back in 2017, right? It wasn't a great season, but it's the experience that matters in this kind of a uh, situation. He comes into he'd come into shells at the right back, right wing back role, which would then release Shane Farrell, who's been Shell's best player this season by far. I think anybody will tell you that. You know, he's he's absolutely he's fantastic going forward. He's he's good going back, but I think you could release him a bit more of the pitch if you brought in a, a wing back like Elworthy. And the thing about Shane Elworthy is, and I've I've known from watching him playing for Drotto years ago, his biggest issue was always he found himself kind of caught between is he a right wing back or is he a right back? But I think with the way Shells play at the moment in the last few weeks, they, they play a proper back five where he'd nearly have that coverage from the, the right centre back, whoever's going in there, uh, to come across. If the, if they play a long switch ball, he's not going to get caught out by it because the centre half will be there to cover him. And then it, again, as I say, it just releases Shane Farrell up the pitch. It gives him an option. to It gives Damon Duff an option to get him further up and like basically unleash your best player into the team. And get him going forward a bit more, get him more involved with the attacking side of play, side of play, and he can conserve his energy then when it comes to the defensive side because he'll have that that back in the back there. And to be honest with you, I think I'm not a fan of Sean Boyd as a striker. So uh, but I'm looking, he's good. He's, see the the thing about it is I put this I put this that out on Twitter the other day, and he's been playing for like League of Ireland football for how long? And he's had one season, and I think it's about. I think it's about 10 years, maybe maybe less. I think it was actually about eight years. He's had one season where he's scored more goals than he's been booked. And that season, he played six games and scored one goal. So every other season, including this year, where he's got 11 yellow cards and in 24 games, as well as he's only got seven goals. And playing as the main man up front, like he, like he just can't get booked that much because you just end up getting suspensions. I saw him playing against Rotter last year. He got sent off for basically trying to punch the head off Gary Deegan. He's a very, very brave man to, to try and do that. But, you know, I'd, I'd be looking at him thinking, you know, there's improvements to be made there. So if you can get Shane Farrell further up the pitch, get him playing football, get him into the danger areas where Farrell will be dangerous getting on the ball and in that kind of inside right channel rather than having him playing as a wing back. I just think it, it would suit Shells a bit more having him in there. Yeah, I'm just gonna just um on Shane Elworthy. Well, right, he does play at Longford, yeah. Yeah, he's with, yeah, he's with Longford, yeah, yeah. Does he not lack a bit of pace though, or is that just me thinking that? I thought a few weeks ago he was a bit slow, like. Yeah, he might do. Yeah, but I just think just from a defensive side, it just it just releases yeah. Farrell. Like I was, it was more looking at rather than looking at like a quality right back to bring in, like Elworthy would be cheap enough 
in terms of transfer fees from the first division. He wouldn't be looking for high wages. He's from the, the Dublin area. Um, so it, it nearly suits all parties, apart from Longford taking away their, their starting right back. And um, like it just again, it's mainly just to release Farrell from that right wing back position because I think Farrell is a much better winger than he is a, a wing back. So for me, that's that's why I was looking at bringing in a right back like Shane Elworthy. Now, like there's probably better right backs out there, but for me, just from what I know, from what I've seen, from the research I've done, Elworthy will be cheap enough. He's easy enough to get in. He's still only I think he's only about twenty four. And you know we come in and learn under like with with the likes of Joey O'Brien there who played in that role before himself. Um, you know it, it would be I think it would be a good signing for him. What do you think, Jack? Oh fuck, sorry, <laughs> Matthew. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can, I can see where you come from. Um, but oh, I don't know. I've I've seen fuck all of them to be honest with you. And what I did see, like. I know, yeah. I think Ronald Hogg's debut again, and Ryan O'Kane came on, and like, they had him for toast. Like, I know they're obviously primary division players, then Dundalk, there's a bit of a gap between Dundalk and Longford, but, ah, uh, I don't know, like, I just question, you're sticking with Damien Duff, like, you're not saying nothing like that, no. Oh, well, I, personally, I would, like, but I just, in this kind of situation, I'm looking at strictly on the pitch, like, what, what we're yeah. doing on the pitch. I, I'm not a fan of Duff. I never have been. Um, obviously, I know Bill is a big fan of him, um, but I just think, you know, Duff has come into the, the League of Ireland this year. You see Shells fans talking this week, especially. I mean, this will date the episode a bit, but he's talking about kiss. He's not a badge kisser and all this kind of shit. Having a go at, at the draw the manager, Kevin Doherty, who's a Shells legend, and he's saying he's not a through Shells man or whatever like Duff the, re- the reason why Doherty said that like let's just go off topic for a second the reason why Doherty had a go with Duff because Duff refused to shake his hand and Duff was salty about that he was salty about the fact that Doherty beat him he wasn't happy and I mean look fuck it we beat them 3-1 we deserve to beat them and then he comes out after getting a draw against Bowes and he, he thinks he's you know Jose Mourinho or something the way he he's won the league him. yeah it's just yeah look it, it just it leaves a sour taste in my mouth seeing something like that. Someone coming in like League of Ireland fans get a lot of uh, a lot of criticism about not welcoming people into the league. But like you know, you look at it, the likes of you know Mark Bircham last year at Waterford. Everybody loved him. He was brilliant. Like he was a great character in the league. He brought in a lot of good players into Waterford. He brought a nice style of play. I know they ended up going down, but you know like that's the type of people like him who come in and they embrace the league and they like just they enjoy the atmosphere and they just get involved in it like the people like that would be always loved in this league but the, the problem people with like Philippe with Dundalk like. yeah exactly and he, he like he bit into the, the the philosophy in the league of Ireland and you know Duff has just come in and he's like he talks about standards and he bats on about he didn't want to stay at, um, he didn't want to stay with the, the Irish setup because of the way things were he wasn't happy with certain things that were going on and then he comes in and gets rid of players. He gets rid of the Shell's best player over the last three years by calling him a fat boy. Like, what's like that's for me? I'm looking at standard of man, and that's just awful. Like you can't say that. So look, you know that's going off topic a bit, but I, I'd personally get rid of him. But it, again, if Shells are happy to keep him, then I'm strictly looking at on the pitch. And for me, I think bringing in a right back. Maybe not Shane Elworthy. He was just the name that came to mind when I was looking up. I just think that would kind of, again, as I say, just release Shane Farrell further up the pitch and like let him get more involved in the play. Uh, Bill, what do you think? Uh, yeah. So, I suppose... Hold on. Yeah, no, just keep going. Jack, did you say? Oh, whatever. Okay. Um. Yeah, I think I'm going to look at this from, from more holistic levels. So, when you look at the honest pitch matters, um, shells have their seventh place in the league, um, three points off fifth for the game. Uh, so again, I think I made a well prediction only two or three weeks ago. The shells were dark horse to Europe. That is not going to come to fruition, I don't think. But why well, I think we have a with um. Shelburne and what their greatest asset is is the, the history of Tulka Park and to get that going or to make sure that it's saved and it redevelops and Duff now as I said I'm a massive fan of Duff for he, he's he's contrarian and he's a bit of a he, he's a bit of an ego but 
I think that's why he's so successful in the game. And if you look at um the the way he went about his coaching, like you can't say he didn't do people can't say he didn't do the hard yards because the Stellan Shamrock Rovers under fifteen, I think he started with then getting it up there. He got Shamrock Rovers under fifteen, Republic Ireland under fifteen, Shamrock Rovers under seventeen, first team. So like he has he has a coach. So I think it remains to see whether he can be successful in Ireland, but I do for, for as a stand, I'm going to stick with Duff. What I would look at getting is pitching this and marketing um, Shelburne, trying to distance him from the other team. So, Shamrock Rovers, you have the, the money bags, the Manchester City, or you have past kind of the cup team, they've done well. Bowes are the hipster's choice, 100% fan owned. But like, what, does, what does Shelburne offer and how can Shelburne different, differentiate themselves in the pack? So I would be um, pitching Shelburne as the footballing royalty team. So again, Royal would have um probably negative connotations for people, but like Builderbridge, um, would I'd get in the two players I look to get in for Shelburne. First would be um Wes Hulahan. Uh, I think he's still doing the business at forty forty one, and they're looking at they've scored twenty five goals in the league, which is the second lowest score. So. I'd be looking at bringing back Aiden Keener from Sligo to try and um solve the goal scoring problems. Yeah, I'm just gonna jump in there a bit before I get he's after signing a new contract out of Sligo like last week. Anyway Yeah, yeah, West Hillen, I will agree. I missed the fucking internet was down, but I heard a bit about Hugo Park being royalty at all. Um yeah, West Hillen, yeah, that'd be a great sign. I think that will uh, I think if you yeah, well. go back to the league, it will be with them. Like, yeah. Okay. yeah. See, but, what, what my problem is when you look at League of Ireland, and even if you look at the historical goal sco- top goal scorers, the top goal scorers in League of Ireland don't score that many goals. Okay, Georgie Kelly a few years ago, who I'm not a fan of, that's another story. So, like, when you're looking at trying to find a player who scores goals in the league, it's very difficult. I might come closer to home, so, and um, pitch some things. There's a a pair coming through um Cork City called um Marco Matney um under sixteen under eighteen international I think he has like four goals in five games, and I think the the appeal of Duff I think Shells will be a better position I'm a Cork City fan but Shells are going to be in a better position in Cork City to attract players next year and the appeal of Duff I'd be looking to bring in Marco Matney from Cork City to try and leave or, or try and um get the goal scorer but. Now he's eighteen and he's just turned eighteen or seventeen or eighteen. So it might be a bit early for him, but I think if you're good enough you're you're old enough. So I I'd try bring in someone like Marco Man, he's from Cork City. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, but I've never heard of him, but I'll take your word for it. Um I'll, I just I'll bang up I'll bang up there I I put up from there on um Twitter. His his goal score record right now for at underage of Ireland. I'm looking at here Five goals in five goals in six games for the under seventeens, and three game three goals in two games for the under eighteens, and he's played for he's been involved in the under nineteens. So yeah, I think but... he's at most eighteen months away from a big move to England. So if Shelburne could you know, throw a bit of money and the, the appeal of Duff, he might be prized away from Cork. But... Yeah, Bill, but there's a big difference between the seventeens and playing League of Ireland football. Oh, yeah, I, 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 see, I, 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 seen, I saw him in training the other day. He, he just a pure goal scorer. And I think we, we've looked at, as I said, player, goal, goal scorers don't really come out of the ground, but if there's going to be one, I think he could be, could be it. I actually have a striker as well. Uh, sorry, I, I thought we were going one at a time. Um, but yeah, I have, no. um, I've, I've got a striker and a midfielder down here as well that I was looking at. So, um, I was looking at a striker. I, I picked out Jordan Adiemo. I know it sounds like I'm literally just trying to raid Longford now, but it's Jordan Adiemo was at Rotter the last few years. Um, he was dubbed by uh, Tim Clancy as the the number one finisher in the in the club. Now his stats at Rotter, he got four and twenty two last season, but a lot of that was off the bench. A lot of that was coming back from injuries. Um, I think he had his appendix out as well last season so a lot of that was kind of coming on with 10-15 minutes to go but all I can tell you is I've seen this kid play and he scores goals he's a fantastic finisher um, I think he's 22 now he's, he has 4 goals in 6 games and signing for Longford as well 
obviously he went to Galway looking for full time football, got one goal in sixteen, and that was obviously the Caulfield system didn't suit him. Um, but I think Adiemo going into Shelburne, I think he's he's a born finisher. You get him into the box, he'll score goals for you. It's that simple. If he's fit, he'll score goals, and I think he'd learn a lot with, and I think he'd get a lot of service actually from the likes of, as I mentioned earlier on, Shane Farrell, um, you know Connor Kane as well as a left wing back getting forward. He'd get him into the box a lot. He'd, they linked up well at Rotter. I think you know Adiemo is a he's a great great player. I think he's someone that. He's very understated. A lot of people don't really look at it. A lot of people don't talk about it, really. I know the Longford fans love him now. But, um, yeah, I think yeah, Jordan Adiemo will be a good signer for Shells at the moment. I think, they, as Bill said, like they're the second worst attack in the league. Um, so bringing in someone like Jordan, I think it would be, it'd be someone that, that could improve that kind of that stat and get a few goals from him. And as Bill said, you don't really see high scorers in the League of Ireland. You know, it's, it's, it's not something that we, we're prided on goals tend to get shared around in the league a bit but I think yeah if you get Adiemo firing all guns blazing I think he'd be you'd be looking at a player that could he could hit the, the 20 mark in a full season yeah um, yeah Adiemo yeah I have to say I have actually well he was playing Lloyd a few weeks ago and he looked very sharp he did look good it's just I think the first touch was lacking sometimes from him he just didn't get the breakthrough that he's yeah. looking for but um yeah, he's looking at the stats there actually now, whatever you're talking about. It's impressive what he's doing. I obviously you were saying with the injuries and all, it'd just be trying to like just make sure you're getting sorted out fitness wise and all before you rush him back in, sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, but I wouldn't be like too against it really. Like Ariamo personally, right, if I was going for a goal scorer, if I was looking for a striker in the league for them, I think now this 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 is a this is a weird thing. Lonergan from U C D. I was I looking do. at him as well, yeah. As my go-to. My go-to would be him. I rate him. He's a good ball off one. He knows how to find the back of that as well. Very Again, good. Again, another player with injury problems as well. Like It's it's sad it to is. see like, the amount of top-quality players that you're looking at saying, like, these lads can score goals. They're always injured. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I'm a fan of Lonergan. I, I remember I saw some recently. I can't remember who they were playing against, but I saw him recently playing. He, he looks good. Like, he's... His touch is there, his his movements there. He just yeah, he's he's got a he's got a bit of it about him, yeah. Speaking of injury prone strikers at UCD, surely Colin Whelan comes into the selection. No. If he's yeah, in a magic world where he's fit, I think he he starts. I think he starts for any team in the League of Ireland apart from your Rovers, the Rock and, and Derry. I I think yeah. I, he might do. He's he's a Dublin based lad. He's you know, well he lives obviously living in Dublin playing for U C D, so he's I think he'd he'd be a yeah, I think that wouldn't be a bad show. Um, I remember. Before... I think he 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 struggled at the beginning, the adjustment from first division Premier Division, and he had he just started to score goals in the Premier Division yeah. when he got he burst his cruciate. So yeah, he scored two Yeah, I think he did actually. He, 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 yeah, Will is a good player. Like, sure, like it's not often that you see UCD players getting called up to the twenty ones. The fact that Will and and Kerrigan got called up. I think it says it all. Like the, the two of them are fantastic players. I mean, look at Kerrigan over in Como now, like doing well. I think he scored yesterday as well. Like so, it's it's um it's mad to think. Like you know, like, imagine <laughs> how talented. Sorry, imagine how talented um Liam Kerrigan is, and he's still only the second most talented Kerrigan in the family. I know. Yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Yeah, that's the the weekly uh Sean Kerrigan uh reference there but um yeah like look it's it's great to see him doing well over there like obviously we, we hope to see Whelan back as soon as possible um also, well, I actually I actually went to UCD sorry Bill do you want to come in there I just I was going I don't know what I was going but just on a, on a point of as well jo, Johnny Kenny's gone and known to Kings Park like surely Shells are like could have pitched to get him back into league round yeah it wouldn't have been a bad shout. Like he's a good player, like Johnny Kenny, and he's only he's what nineteen twenty. Like so, that that's another player that you know he's kind of lost in the ether over in Scotland. Like you know, it's it's um it's something that you look at and think you know shells need to, like not just shells, but we, all the League of Ireland clubs. We need to be looking more at these young Irish players over in England that are being you know, fucked out on loan and nearly like you look at Jimmy Brown leaving Blackburn, um to go to Stockport on loan. Like surely. Surely Blackburn are looking at someone like at a club over here and saying, Do you know what, we could send them. 
Like we'd love to have him back at draw. Like we're playing Georgie Pointon and, and Luke Heaney as right backs this season. They're both more attacking players. So we'd love to have Jimmy Brown back for the season. And I don't understand why they don't look at the League of Ireland as a viable option. You look at how successful Sam Long and, and Sean Rowan's loan spell was at the start of the season for us. Um, you know, I'm sure there's been other loan deals that have seen players come over here that have done well. And like it's it's a possibility to play top flight football. If you go to the likes of your Rovers and your you know, Dundalk, Derry, Pats, you know, you're you're getting European football there as well. Like so I don't I don't see why you know, the Premier League clubs, higher Premier League or upper championship. I don't, I don't see why they don't look at the League of Ireland as a viable option. They, like, look at Bowser after signing the two two lads from um, Union Berlin, didn't they? So it's, it's another it's another market there that I think could be exploited. Yeah, so um, just any more, any more um, changes to make the, on the pitch? Uh, yeah, I have one more. Um, I bring in Sean Brennan from UCD. That's what I was saying. I, I actually went to UCD for my last player, which was Sean Brennan. He's a whole midfielder. He adds a bit of guile in there. I know they have um, is it Coyle? Mark Coyle is it in the midfield for them? And A. Yeah, Durbin. I, just, I, I think Sean Brennan and, and A. Durbin would be a great partnership in there. Um, you know, Durbin fancies himself as a bit of a mouth and a bit of a you know. He he goes on as if he's a. Hard lad kind of thing. Now I, I don't, I'm not so sure, but I know <laughs> I know Sean Brennan is. Like I remember A. Durbin giving it the big one on on a podcast a few months ago, saying yeah, like he's he's always mouthing off at the opposition and things like that. I remember Gary Deegan actually came in and goes, no, he doesn't. Uh, so it's, it's funny to think like you know, I could, I could just picture a world where A. Durbin is giving it the big one. You know, this young fellow from Longford giving it the big one to you know your you know, lesser known or younger younger midfielders and then he comes up against it, uh, Gary Deegan or a um you know who who's the like a Chris Shields or or sorts where he just, just gets absolutely fucking upended because of the fact that he's mouthing off these older lads just shuts his mouth kind of thing. But now look Dervin is a bit he has a bit of guile about him. I think Sean Brennan as well in there. He's only twenty one. Um He's played 19 for UCD this season. Doesn't score goals because he's an out-and-out holding midfielder. And I think he, he's just brilliant. I think, you know, he's he's one of these players. He just gets in the ball, keeps it simple, plays it out to the fullbacks, plays it into the 10, or plays it back to Sam Todd at centre-half. And actually, you know, worth a mention, Sam Todd wouldn't be a bad signing for Shells either. Um, you know, he's a big centre-half. He's got a lot of experience for a 22-year-old. Um Scores goals from centre half as well, by the way, which is something that you don't really see a lot of these days. So, like, there's a lot of the like. I think Sean Brennan would be a fantastic signer for any of the likes of Drotter or UC or Drotter Harps or, or Shells. I think he's a he's a fantastic little player. Like, you, you just get him in there, and he'll, 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 he'll do a job for you. So that would be my my last one. So it would be Jordan Adiemo, Sean Brennan, and Shane Elworthy would be the players I'd be looking to bring in. And so yeah, on the topic of so. I said Hoolahan I'd bring back and said a striker either Colin Whelan or one of the Cork City boys um, on the topic of a, midf- of a midfielder again since we, we'll keep it on brand um, I'm looking look, I was looking at the previous players and the players that have gone through the academy stuff. I'm going to go back to um, Jamie Lennon who's at St. Pat's um, so he's been at St. Pat's, he, Pat's since 2017 um, played over 100 games been a cap for Ireland at under 21 level but between 2009 and 2015 he spent his his um academy career or whatever in the Shelburne County. So I think if they could bring him back, he's he's a very good defensive midfielder player. Um, he's a cracking shot on him, and I think he would help unlock. You know, if you have, if I was to bring back Hulahan, he's a bit of more. He's not gonna be a runner. So to have someone like Lenahan just behind him, I think would work well. Yeah, but just coming in that didn't Damien Duff say that Shelburne is the best midfield in the league at the start of the season? So. Personally, look, I wouldn't be going near that. <laughs> the do best midfield in the league. They they got absolutely hammered by Drotter in the midfield the other week. <laughs> like they, they just they they couldn't get near Gary Deegan. Like they were terrified. And then you look at it like Gary Deegan's thirty five man. Like and they couldn't get near him. They were terrified of him. And you look at like we had um oh shit who was playing it was Darren Nugent was playing with uh, Darren Martin just in front of Deegan. And they just 
played it around. They've walked around them at times. Like, I know, what's his name? Is it Malloy? Malloy's a good player. I mean, is it Malloy? I think, yeah, no, I do think there's a boy called Malloy, isn't there? Yeah, I'm not 100% sure on that. Like, Gavin Malloy, it's Gavin Malloy, isn't it? Is it Gavin yeah. Malloy? He, he scored yeah. against us last week in, in the 3 1. And, um, no, sorry, Jack Moylan. That's no, the one. Moylan, that was Moylan. Moylan, oh, sorry, yeah. Moylan. That's the, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, Moylan. Um, Moylan's yeah, good Moylan and JJ Looney were in midfield that day, actually. And, you know, you're looking at it saying, like, you know, actually, is he, is he even, even playing for them? Like, he's, he's coming off the bench every now and then. So, you know, it's it's something I think I think Sean Brennan could bring the best out of Durban, but I think I just I don't having JJ Looney in there like what's the you know and it is actually do you know what it is Gavin Malloy who was the midfielder sorry Jack Moylan was playing as as the striker in that game, um sorry in the ten behind Matty Smith and and uh, Sean Boyd, um but it's just yeah I think you know you look at it bringing in. A centre midfielder is vital, I think, because I, I actually don't rate JJ Lunny at all, and I, I, I don't think I don't think Malloy is great either. Like to be honest, I think Jack Moylan is a very good player, though. Maybe not for shells now, but a, a player to watch out for in the future is um Zaid Abita. He's been capped for under I think it's under seventeen level or sixteen level. I watched him play for the under the Shamrocks under nineteen against Cork City there um a week That's or so ago. And Zaid Abada, so it's like Z A Y D A B A D A, and he's Irish Algerian. Oh yeah, yeah, he's did he come out? Algerian, is he? Irish he's Irish Algerian. I think he's he's born. I'm looking up his. He's eighteen. He's born in Jobstown, though. Yeah, he so but like I was watching him play against Cork City. He was like a metronome in midfield. He's just everywhere. Like he he kind of resembled um Michael Carrick. So I I I think he'd be a good player for. At yeah, underage yeah. level, anyway, in the coming seasons. Yeah, there's oh. always, always those little nuggets coming through, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. So just, just going on, um, this is a little lad. Do you have anything done for off the field? Would you have good in any way? So maybe redevelopment of Tuka Park, if you thought that far ahead, or maybe pushing through more through the academy? I don't know. I'm just throwing out ideas. Um. But I think, yeah, personally, I think Talca Park is vital for Shells to survive. Um, you know, as much as I, I like to clown on Shells, I like to, like to laugh at them and things like that for them, for Talca being in the way it is. I know I can't really say much with United Park, but, um, you know, I think Talca is such a massive ground in terms of the League of Ireland and, and the, you know, the, the history of the league. As Bill was saying, football royalty nearly. Um, so Talca Park, it, it's, it's one of those grounds where, you know, I love going there. I don't know what it is. Obviously, the Actually. the the, the you know the, the food has is been rated fairly highly by all the the footy scan lads or scran or whatever you call it. Um, yeah, but, but, but you know, like it's just something about talk apart. Maybe it's because my dad's from Gunkondra, um, or maybe it's just the fact that I love football. Or the you know, we, we went to see. Uh, United and Liverpool legends play there back in two thousand and seven, um, but it's just one of those, one of those grounds where just every time I'm there, it just feels like I'm like I'm at a proper, proper League of Ireland ground. Like and you know again, look, like, I should like, say this as well. I feel the same when I go to Daly Mount. I feel the same when I go to United Park or Oriel Park. Like it's they're all in, in shit, but they're proper League of Ireland grounds. Um. So I, I think keeping Talca Park, getting it renovated, getting it fixed up properly, and actually, like the important thing here is like you can get a fix up all you want. You have to keep it the way it's it's been built. Like if it's been built properly, you have to keep it that way. You can't just let it go to shit again. Like the way they've played, let that ground rot is actually embarrassing. And like if they're going to be given this brand new stadium, that's going to be you know state of the art or all this kind of shit. They're gonna to have to look after it. You can't just pull out the Daily Mount deal and have Talca Park there and just say, "Oh yeah, well we've we've a new ground. Let's just fucking leave it there and let go of the shit." Like they have to look after it. And that's that's personally, I think if if they've saved Talca Park and look from a football purist point of view, I think it's it's vital um, to keep shells afloat because I think if they go to Daily Mount, they'll just they'll just die. Um, but I think it's it's very important to have. 
to have Talca Park in, in the League of Ireland as well. I think it's a you know it's it's such a big name in the league as well to have, and it's um the history of it as well. Obviously with the the whole you know shells having their European journey in two thousand and three or four and all this kind of stuff. So I think it was uh, I think it uh, was and uh, Dave Rogers scored this completely. Yeah, exactly. So that all those kinds of things like you need to have grounds like Talca Park in the league. And you can't have them falling apart like this. The absolute state of Talca Park at the moment, like it's it's just it's actually it's depressing. Oh, okay. like, it's depressing. It's absolutely depressing. Like you know the fact that they had that new stand built, um, well about fifteen twenty years ago, and it's already been derelict because it's not fit for purpose. Like it's just sad. Like it's it's bad to see. And I think yeah, Talca Park is a huge, well, a huge name, and it's a huge thing in, in League of Ireland to have. Um. You know, they, they used to host, I think they used to always host um, friendlies against the likes of United and Liverpool in pre-season and things like that as well. So you used to always get it packed out and things. So it's um, yeah. it's it's something that I think we need to see preserved or, or improved. Um, and it's the same with, same with Daily Mount, by the way. I think the two of them need to be need to be fixed up and made better. But yeah, I think that's that's one thing anyway. We need to we need to see um, off the pitch. We need to see Talco Park getting, getting just- renovated. I'm just going to play the devil's advocate here, right? So we've seen with, obviously with, um, sorry, what, what was your point now? <laughs> we've seen, obviously, big clubs move stadiums, like City going from Menlo to the Etihad. Good as in Park, obviously, Dormit is out. Like, Ken, like, obviously, still a massive club. You look at you look at the big clubs like Manchester City moving out and all. Like, you don't have to keep it. Like, even, even Arsenal from Highbury to Emirates. Look, like it does happen a lot bigger level. I know it's obviously it's like the fans would turn or whatever, but like say if you're say if, say if it up to Shelburne, you did share the stadium clothes. Think of the opportunities you could have for hosting European games at I don't know, category two level. I think the stadium was like I know it's obviously you're sharing them with your rivals, but like think of the opportunities you have which say say if they did move in, say if there was a pro. If you get what I love it. Come on, uh, I think that's like really useful because uh, t- like Talca Park it has its history and it's its own stadium. I don't think if you ask teams to share stadiums, it's like historically it doesn't really work. So you know, you see it in um, I think the Serie A with AC Milan and Inter Milan, but I think you like you have if a way with Rome and Lazio as well. You have, I'm, to, I'm just saying it from that. I want them to say it out, I'm just saying it from just throwing up another opinion. Yeah, yeah, I'll just go, go on the topic of it. If you have you seen the, propo- the proposed um. Picture for um the day for the Daily Man Park it's it's unbelievable right but what I what I look to do is and I, again I I draft this as I said royalty football so I look up there Tony Dunn um played for Manchester in nineteen sixty to nineteen seventy three played over four hundred times um uh, start half of Shelburne and a few other that but what I want to put position Talca Park is the new the redevelopment Talca it has to be a coliseum of football so everywhere we we go you have to have this this the fucking stands, uh, everything, um, graphics of the past, the old players, um, Tony Hulahan or fucking t- Tony Dunn even. Tony Hulahan. <laughs> fucking don't hate Tony that anyway, name. Don't don't. Tony Dunn. Tony fucking Dunn. Um, I'd have graphics of West Hulahan around the place. I'd have you know images of their their cup runs, their mm, Champions fair. League, UEFA cups. I'd have everything like. I wouldn't have a blank wall in place, just all of all graphics and I, I think if you did it right and like they might use an advertising every for that, but I completely abandon the advertising for the aspects of the ground. I'd have just the whole ground plastered in history. So when you enter into you can see the history everywhere, you can know you can see the players, what's happened in the past, and you can really get a sense of importance about the, the kind of stadium. Yeah, I get that. Absolutely. I think it's 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 something that needs to be done. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna build a new stadium for a club like Shelburne or, or even with Bowes, like it's like with Bowes, I think it's it's always the follow the floodlights is the, the big one. But for me it's more like whatever about having all this kind of stuff around the the um the ground and things like that, but for me it's more about looking at the like the view from the stand, like the, the fan experience in the ground needs to be needs to be spot on. And for me, it's just not good enough at the moment. And again, like I, I say that being a Drotta fan, where again, it's not good enough at United Park. But in Talca Park, like the amount of times I've gone to Talca Park and the seats are covered in cobwebs. 
no matter where you sit in the ground, and again, I'll prefix this with, it's the same in a lot of League of Ireland grounds, no matter where you sit in the ground, you're going to be blocked by a pole. And that pole is going to have floodlights on it. Or that pole is going to be holding the stand up. And it's just, it's, for me, it takes away from the experience because you can't see everything. When I go to Palace, no matter where I sit in the stand, unless there's someone sitting in front of me, I can see everything. Absolutely everything. It's the same when I go to Bray and stand over the far side from the the opposite the opposite side from the dugouts. Um, you know, I think it's the same in Turner's Cross, the same in um it's the same in Derry, no matter where you sit, it's you, you can see everything. And I think that's something that we need to sort out on every ground is like these poles that go up in the middle of the, the stand just need to go. It's it's a way of the past, it's it's um yeah, it, it it just takes it it takes it all away from me. Like it just takes me out of the game and makes me feel as though I'm nearly watching it in a in a pub or something behind the pillar. So it's um yeah, for me it's something that needs to be looked at. If they're building new stadiums, they need to be something that you can actually see the see every aspect of the game from wherever you are. I agree. I agree with Bill to like Coliseum to Orion to you to a channel. But if you're thinking of it like Bill, do you know what you mean the Coliseum? Would you try, do the way you're like facing that? Would you keep maybe the the iconic fucking the stand behind the net two yards wide the goalpost? Would you keep that in the same position? Would you keep everything the same and just like kind of build on and just modernize it or do you expand it? Like, what way would you do that? It's like well, it's not really a relevant example, but it's like when you look at um the warm. More than the, the concentration concentration camps and like they're they're stuck with they're, they're, they're stuck between the um the rock and hard place between whether do you do preserve it like or and are you then putting homage to it or do you just leave it go as is? I think there's only certain aspects of the ground that you, you can leave they're going to have to leave as is or you can recondition repurpose. But like I think you can I think you can do that without you know taking away the character. So like you can keep the, your general whatever dimensions you want in the pitch and the different pitch of features, but like again, just like stuff they said there, the like there's, there's no reason why you go into a football ground in 2022 and not have perfect view. There's no reason whatsoever. I'm not an architect, but like we have to like if if we're getting people to from the bar into the stadium to watch a match, then they're gonna have to have the view or they might as well not be there anyway, and they're not gonna come back. So. It's a, it's about repurposing and reconditioning the things you can you can you can do with, while not getting rid of the crucial elements of the stadium or of its history. So like I think as I said, the stuff I do kind of be more a homage to the history. So you know graphics and you know think of it as if you're going to like a football. If you've ever been to um an English team's you know football museum, it should be like that. Should be like when you go into the stadium. There should be history everywhere, um, and just you can see the past or while having the modern elements of the stadium. Sorry, no you, sorry, would you have this like say for talking if you're walking in? Would it be against the walls like walking up in the club by the card style, or just be like a wee museum inside the club? What way? Would you have it like publicly shown? Or would you have a wee like museum like a tour sort of thing? Well, again, on my ninety I said that. Or my marketing ideas, I think I said one one of them was that you should have like literally murals as you go into the ground, so like yeah. on the on the sides and things. so it should be when you enter into a certain period. So it's like when you're going walking from the stadium, then it's like you enter into. It's like when I was I was in um Croatia there um a few months ago, and everywhere there's there's graphics of for had split, so like the state. The teams everywhere apart the city. So what I'd have it as is literally you go you get to a certain point five k with it from the stadium and it's just everything is it's like a walkway into the stadium of the yeah. graphics and it and it gets deeper and deeper as you get closer. So it's, it's it starts off very subtle, then two kilometers away it gets it deeper and deeper, and then once you get to the stadium, just everywhere. So, yeah, that's 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 all. Thank you. To be fair, it would be um, it will be pretty cool. Yeah, but it's, sorry, sorry, Jack. Just to come in there. It's just I think it'll be a bit difficult, especially with the Dublin clubs. Um, like when you look at Shells and Bows are both within five k of each other. Um, and they're both in thousands. Say same with Pats. Pats is literally just in the middle of a lot of gaps. 
And it's the same with Daily Mount. It's literally just in the middle of a load of gaffs and Talca Park. I'm not sure, Bill, if you've ever been there. And I know, Jack, you have been. It is literally, like, Richmond Road is literally just a road of houses. So, for me, it's, it, it would be more kind of have the mural on the, the outside of the ground. Like, Jack, you know where it's facing onto the, the little green outside of Clontarf Park where Drumcondra play? Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you go on the away side. Yeah, so for me, it would be on that wall from where the away end is all the way down to the no, home yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's three entrances into Talca Park and they're all on the same side of the ground because the fact that the other side of the ground is on the River Talca. Um, yeah. So you can't get into the ground from every angle. And it's worth mentioning as well, by the way, for anybody who thinks that we're talking about, like, oh, we've this, that, and the other, like, we're, we're um, you know, we're talking about how we we should be competing with Premier League clubs at the stadiums and things like that. We don't think that at all. Um, we're looking at Talca Park from a point of view of, like, it, it should be, realistically, Shell should have a ground that holds 10,000 10, people. Um, and every like, that, that should be, Shells, Bows and Rovers should all have a minimum of 10,000 seater stadiums. And not just for them, just for like, you know, all purpose where they can have like a rugby match there or an American football match there or, you know, anything. Concert. Just Yeah, exactly. Just have even a small concert with some unknown band playing outside. That kind of stuff. You know, it's something that you, you, you need to see more of in the league and like just bigger grounds and grounds that you can fit more people in because we're starting to see an increase in the amount of people going to get. Um, but for me, yeah, the mural you could have it nearly going all the way down. I just have like you start off with, you know, you start up that way and walk it in. Yeah, kind of. You go like start up there with DT and then into it the road. Yeah, and, and have it on like the paint the post boxes with the shells colors and you know, like just. All these different things where it's just subtle, as Bill said. Like Bill said, actually, there, like he used some brilliant language there to say, like a coliseum of football is that's something I've never heard before, but it's something that it's fucking brilliant. Like, um, well, I just had a cork, not you need to embed your football club in the community, whether yeah. whatever the the radius are, what the catchment area of your football club is, but it needs to be embedded in the community. You need to see it everywhere. It's like just in, it basically needs to be in your face. Like yeah, you go to the dock, sorry. Yeah, so you go to the dock, right? You see, I'm not even lying, right? I'm not sure, Dave. Have you been in the dock much? Like you have been in a bit, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. The missus from the missus family are all from there, so I'm up there. Yeah, on the regular. and and then yeah. um, you go in the dock. You pop. You you win. You win. See more than dock than dock merchandise, and then Liverpool United. Yeah, no, absolutely, and that's one thing I'll always say about them, Doc. Is it's it's you see it no matter where you are. There's a big, there's always a mural somewhere saying "Come on, the town." There's yeah, like the dock, you know black and white paint everywhere. The dock is probably the main example, but I think especially because Shelburne, they're a bit out from the city centre. No, we they're a bit out. Like they could, they it's, could actually do that. Twenty, like, 20 minute walk. It's twenty minute walk from Collins Street. Like it's not that far. It's uh, but know, it's still it's still enough out where you could do it, like out that way, going out by Whitehall. That's what you could do, like all from there. Like, well, the thing like about Shells, Shells are the most eastern team in the north side of Dublin. So yeah. you look at the catchment area that they'd have where like, you have straight down to Fairview, Clontarf, Hout, Dilbarrick, um, you know, Bayside, Edenmore, Rahini, Kulak, um, Artain, Beaumont, uh, Marino. All these places are all within Shelburne's reach like you can get to there fairly easily from there so like, there's so many bus routes to pass it you also have obviously we had um we had philip on from, from gotten clubs there a few weeks ago you have the likes of swords gary's rush lusk balbriggan um like you're kind of going into competing with, with Trotter and bow territory up that way but <laughs> like you know you're, you're looking at it saying you could get swords malahide all of these different clubs could easily be like all these different areas could easily be kind of targeted by shells as a come down, come down and watch shells play. You know, you can get there easily. It's on the dart line. It's on easily about 50 bus routes, you know, from Richmond Road all the way through. And you could even go into the Gat Club nearly and try and get people in, try and post people in. So 
it's something that I think Shells could do. And if they did it properly, you could really see a club just absolutely rise. And I hate saying this because I don't like Shelburne, but you could really see the club rise if they did it properly off the pitch. If they went into, like, you know, you've got Ross Mini, you've got even like you go, not just talking about the, the lads, like you can go into like Dominican College, Maryfield, you go to Art School Reach, where I went to school, um, School Wirra, which is a primary school. You go to all these schools around the area that, you know, go in there and give out free tickets. You know, say they're playing UCD, give out a thousand free tickets. Just give out a thousand free tickets. Go into the local schools, just give out a thousand free tickets. Incentivize people to go to games because they brought it a few months ago where they they promised during the pandemic here's a fr- like everyone will get in for free to the the first game back after the pandemic now they didn't get a proper chance to do it because obviously everything kind of gradually reopened so the first game of this season when everybody was low back in bam straight away UCD at home everyone gets a free ticket free in for everybody so you have to book a ticket online free in no bother and that was done. Like it, it, they sold out in minutes. So it incentivized people to go. And we've had three or four sellouts since. Obviously, two of them were against Dundalk. But, you know, it's you saw it Sligo sold out. You know, we had so many people going to games. We still have a really high crowd, like, retention as well. So it's, um, it's something that I think that they could do, where they go maybe pick a school every week where they give out 100 free tickets or they go play UCD or Finn Harps at home where you wouldn't have a traditionally big crowd, give out a thousand free tickets. Just get people in the door, get them knowing what the, what the league is like and incentivize people to come back because that's something that off the field again as we're talking about rebuilding the club um, or saviour club as, as we're calling this series is like just get people on, get bums on seats and they'll stay. You see it this year with the amount of people that have stayed. Yeah, I'll just go in there actually. No one club now for my six months in college up in Dublin. I saw loads of Bose Dublin buses going around. And it's just the small things like that. I know they have a bit of a partnership now with kids. But it's a yeah. small thing that they catch an eye of a kid or a parent, say even say even foreigners coming into the country or immigrants or whatever, coming in and living refugees and it'd be like they saw a Bohemian bus and then Bose obviously have the refugees welcome obviously last year. Like Bose are nearly the perfect example of a Dublin City club that are using like a club sort of community, like a local community, and they're doing it perfect. Like that's that's what Shelburne can get to, like, because they're. I feel like they have a lot of untapped potential. Like even whenever they won the first division in the last year. Oh, they, um, yeah, they won at a canter. I think yeah, they they ended up. Yeah, I think they, they were miles ahead. I think they won it with four or five games left. Yeah, like they like they, they I don't know what they've done, but they could have went around every primary school within the half an hour, forty minutes around whatever the closest ones ever. Going with the trophy, kids be going home to parents. Look, oh, I got to see a trophy, got to hold a trophy. Bang, you get you get some people going. Like it's just, it's so it's not easy. It's not easy to catch, yeah. them, especially with the city. And there's more interest in Man United, and Liverpool. Everything. Yeah, they did it in like 2003-2004 time when um when they were doing really well. Like I remember being in because I went to school in Marino, which is around the corner from Talco Park, yeah. and um. Johnny McDonald's son was actually in my class and he was the assistant manager at the time. And they brought the start, they brought the trophy in. They used to come in and give out tickets to the class. And um like it got people going. Like most of the lads I went to school with in primary school are now Shells Ultras. Like they go to games regularly, they they go to every game home and away. And they also have a, a Sunday league team called the Shelburne Supporters Club. So you know, you see that kind of stuff happening, and that's the type of stuff that you see improving the league, and it's great to see. That that's retained those fans. Like I, I was in primary school twenty years ago. You know, it's they're still going twenty years later. Like so, if you're if you're incentivizing kids early, they'll pester their parents to go to games. And even like I saw Connor Howie said, put it up on Twitter the other day about the increased amount of young drop fans that are staying behind outside United Park on a Friday night to see their like to see the drop players coming out after they have their showers and things like that and do their media obligations. So, like, if you can start incentivizing kids to go to games, I mean, the sky's the limit then. Because then you're looking at more money coming in. You know, you're looking at, like, potential investors. You can get more people coming in from, from outside the country that are saying, geez, you know, this is a, 
an actual business venture. This is an, a real opportunity to improve or to invest in a, in a organization, get your, get your tax credits down, you know, get your tax-free investment on, on things. It's something that they could easily do. And like, it's, it's so, so easy to do it that you just, just need to actually have someone that's willing to just get up off their ass and go and do it. And I think Shells needs to start doing that again. Bell, any opinions on that? I don't know. Again, on the topic of the setting out, unless you're Cork City, like most things, most League of Ireland teams, oh, most League of Ireland teams don't set out their stadiums. So, like, what, what, like, what's going to cost you to print a few hundred tickets, give them out to everyone, and just pack your stadium? Like, it might cost you a tenner to print out the tickets and and, and distribute them. But like, what you're doing is you're 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 literally. Who is Shoswick? You're, you're, you're literally giving, you're, you're filling the stadium and if you get even a 10% retention of all those people, then that's 10%, that's, let's we'll say, 100 new fans for our life or 10% of whatever number comes in. So, again, like I think we're making excuses, we, we can't make excuses. Like, there's no reason why mostly grand teams can't be getting top, top crowds. And it might take a bit of give at time for just giving away tickets for free. And maybe that is a bit disrespectful to people who pay every week. But again, I think people who pay every week and want to see where the league goes and improve the league will understand that that's the process that we have to do to start filling out stadiums. Unless you're Park City who don't have that problem. Yeah. Yeah, um, but you just let your club die instead. Yeah, exactly. When they, yeah, you had 10 chances at it as well. Again, you're talking to Ron Cork City fan if you want someone who cares about that. <laughs> you're just talking about, yeah, talking to a new Cork City fan who only knows Cork City instead of Cork United, you know, Cork Kids, Cork Bows, Cork, Cork FC. Uh, my my, my um, proper Cork City watching started in 2016, 2017. Yeah, yeah. Why is that? Why is that? Why is that? Because you're fucking winning. Well, no. That, no, Sean McGuire, for one. Number two, I went into college in 2017 mm-hmm. then. And I was actually going to college with one of the team players, so that was oh, fair enough. Ooh, friends. No, seriously, you need to talk to more, man. It's yeah, it's, it's a different... I do I do agree though with that Bill. If you're not gonna sell at your stadium, you may as well give away. Say say every week. Say I'm just gonna say it right, two I'm gonna say the dog, three and a half thousand people. Say if it's a small game against, say for all sake, Westwood was at home on a Friday and it's pissing up rain. It was bad enough. You go into school, hand out two under three or tickets. You know you're not going to sell it or your park. Hand them out for the terrace. Hand them out for just the ground. Stand behind the goals. Stand over over the side of the shed. Whatever. If you're not going to sell tickets, what's the point in leaving the storm and just leaving empty seats? Yeah. Like, I know obviously you're down a few quid if someone buys them, but realistically, you could that one person so then I've given your club fucking thousands like with these niggas merchandise buses yeah. like it's gonna you're gonna return in the long run like I'll never forget talking and all um, uh, 2014 I think they were I think my primary school anyways I think they give that to every primary school I imagine so I think it was like I think every class had 10 10, 10 free tickets for that game and that, that, that game was in demand I think it was probably 8,000 4,000 but look it made you like hey, you shuffling. And not many people from then probably stayed. And the topic of shuffling, we need new mics, which will start. But someone sponsored them. <laughs> One of our dozens of listeners sponsor us mics, please. Thanks. Yeah, go ahead. Um no, like it's again, like I think Jack said it right there. If they just go into into clubs, into schools or even colleges. You know, get people involved, get people going to games, get them to, you know, like, I don't know why they don't do more. Like, Dundalk could do it with, with Dundalk IT. Shells could do it with... Well, like, they could go in on a, like, go into the college on a Friday in the middle of September or something, or Freshers' Week or something like that. Like, Bowers could do it with IT Blanche, you know, Shells could do it with DCU. Um... Go in and just say, or shall both could do it with DIT and Grange Gorman as well, so it's across the road. Like, um, go in on a Thursday or a Friday and say, uh, 
here's a challenge. If you do this, you get a free ticket for the game. And or like with, with clubs that have a bar in the ground, you do this, you get a free ticket to the game and a free point. You know, or buy one, get one free on points for the night if you come into the, if if you go to the game. Like do, do this challenge. Simple ad, like, yeah. Yeah. Shave, and, shave and, and you get two for one points for the night. And on, on the topic of bringing in crowds, um see Cork City women did the other day, they got all the um team players on the team and in the warm up they wore their old, you know, grassroots jersey like so the team they started off when they were four or five. And then they, they invited all the um grassroots clubs like the Blarneys, the Wiltons to come and watch them. Like why can't they wear this and that? Get get all your players in their their hometown clubs jerseys. Get them to warm up in the jerseys and invite the hometown clubs there. Cause then then you get stop shuffling. Then then you're getting the players. Um, you're getting kids watching their players in their old jerseys, same jerseys they're wearing, and they're saying, "Look, they're wearing my jersey. I can be there too sometime." Yeah, so that 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 only worked though for like maybe like like the dog wise the what you'd have. You'd have Ryan, you'd Ryan go around the rock that's the off a Larkin kit, like, and you'd have Mayo as one around the climbing rock kit. Like, there's really two players from the dog compared to senior team. Like, it just depends. Like, maybe for the women's football side, maybe no, it's more no, of no, a bit. No, because it, no, it doesn't even have to be like, even if it's somewhere like if someone came for Drada, invite Drada club. Like, if you like, yeah, I, maybe, I, I, yeah. I, I, we do that every I, week anyway, though. Yeah, like don't like I wouldn't turn my nose to fans. Like if if someone from fucking Tipperary or Limerick or fucking Dundalk has come down to Park City, like have at it. Like, <laughs> yeah, but we we do it. Any more fans? Yeah, but we we do it every week anyway. Where we we invite a local club up and they get they get to play on the pitch at half time and they. Yeah, I think that's Yeah, so that 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 also helps. That's something that does help, but it's also it tends to be the same clubs every few weeks. You know, like I don't know how many times I've seen, um, like St. Kevin's boys playing a a daily mount, or I've seen, you know, St. Kevin's boys are possibly the one team you you wouldn't have to do it for, like. Yeah. Yeah. True. But yeah, no, look, it's, I think we've we've fixed shells here today. Anyway, let's. Yeah, let's, well, if anyone at shells wants to get on to any of us to come in for like just a future role. Sorry, no, I, I, I am actually um, pondering two or three offers from clubs at the moment, so I know. Any game? Uh, yeah, I've never got a game in my life, Dave. <laughs> um, but no, look, it's uh, this is a bit uh, like actually, I really enjoyed recording this. It's actually a really insightful thing, and hearing like the, the other opinions and things because obviously, when it comes like a lot of these are with the League of Ireland clubs, like a one size fits all kind of model. Um, Improve the ground, bring in better players, and and uh, fuck Damien Duff. Um, yeah, fuck Damien Duff. Yeah, that that kind of stuff like that. That's just it's a one size fix. It's all kind of fixed for for most clubs in the league. So, um, but it's yeah, like I actually enjoyed it. Like looking into the players, doing a bit of research and things like that is very good. And you know, look, it's it's um something that I think we could actually look at doing for for any other club. So if you're interested in in this kind of thing, um, let us know. It's been it's been um very insightful. What do you think, lads? I'm still waiting for a club to partner with us. To be honest. Yeah, yeah. So am I actually actually Morgan Celtic. I try. I, I try. Yeah. I see. I see. I see them actually interact with the page. Good bit. Oh, how did they get on? How, how did they get on in their cup final? What happened? Or their semi final? Did they win? Yeah, they won't. So we 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 I have a plan for them for the for the final that we must do. Are we invited oh, up? Where are they, where are they based? Belfast. Oh, Lurgan. Oh, no, Lurgan. Lurgan. Make a trip. They won their they won the semi final. They they lost the weekend there. Yeah, they won the semi final anyway. They're in the final. All right, but they lost the weekend. Not good enough. Not good enough, lads. Lurgan Lurgan United is run a sort it out, boys. Come on. Lurgan United, no? Am I looking at the... I'm probably looking at the wrong thing. No, Lurgan Celtic, man. Bill, edit that out there. definitely in cut. No, no, no. Keep it in. Let let them see. Oh, they won 5-0 at the weekend. Well done, Lurgan Celtic. Legends. They won 5-0 at the weekend. And if you got to the final, 
we won't take it. We'll come up and close the fuck at you. Yeah, and I'll um, we'll we'll get Jack will get flares and he'll, he'll strip and run on the pitch naked. We have a plan. We have a plan. Okay, we're working. Do, do we? Okay, grand. Yeah, we do. Right, we can cut the last bit. That's all right. <laughs> it would be, be nice if we got invited to the plan, Bill. But um, yeah, look, lads, uh, it's now half eleven, and I'm going to bed because I'm very tired. But it's been it's been great recording. Uh, really enjoyed being back after a two week hiatus. Um, if you haven't already, please go back and listen to our episode with Killian Sheridan, who uh, was very kind to give us up an hour of his time, and he was very insightful. Gave us a lot of information on his on his career and things like that. So if you if you have an hour spare, or even if you want to just listen to fifteen minutes at a time, uh, go back and listen to that if you can. Yeah, sorry. Um, just, just um, there's an official um podcast for a page now. Ash the podcast, T H E podcast. Um, just give that a follow. That'll be the main page where everything's going. Jack is getting the sack if he if that he doesn't get hundred followers in that soon. So yeah, so just just to save me and so Bram McNally doesn't have job. five jobs. I'd appreciate that. Uh, I heard I heard he's being replaced by Aaron Howie. So who me or him? Who Blair? I mean, you're, you're being replaced by Aaron Howie. Anyway, lads, it's been a pleasure. Thanks very much for, for uh, coming on again, and uh, we'll keep going. Hope the podcast. Good luck. Uh, the podcast is massive. Sorry, I thought you had done dark. I just realised you said good luck. Uh, but yeah, the podcast is massive yeah. everywhere we go. Cheers, good lads. Luck. Good luck. Bye.